0: I would be remiss if I didn't give the uh the sound bite a try here. One second. <clears throat>
1: ooh, 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 give it a try.
0: <clears throat> I have the best job.
1: Oh my god. How was it? How was, <laughs> that was it? That was pretty good. Thank you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Casuals of Route Terra episode 52 i'm your host ryan here with your other host hedge behind the scenes for you
1: people you know like i called out ryan on trying to take a sip of his water like mid countdown for the start off and then he didn't (laughs) even take the sip of water like (laughs) we already delayed this 10 seconds and he didn't get his water
0: (laughs) (laughs) we're back we're back with another episode as we always promise um, up top, we always do housekeeping, so we're going to do that again. Uh, you can listen to us everywhere, and we mean it, everywhere. Uh, follow us on TikTok for clips and on Twitter to keep up to date on episodes. episodes That's the easiest way to do it. Uh, that's at podcast Core. that's C-O-R. And then you can send an email if you want to you know contact us about anything at podcastcore at gmail.com. And we're everywhere at Podcast Core. Uh, so it's easy to find. So leave us a like, follow, and a short view slash comment, and tell a friend to get the glory they deserve by listening to the Casuals of Runeterra podcast.
1: For glory. For glory in the arenas.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so state of the game, um, what are we playing? I'm actually playing. It's been three episodes and I'm playing a deck. It's it's happened. It happened at the end of last episode um, where we talked about uh, Jiori Senpai uh, right. posting some decks. Not his decks, but decks he approved of. Uh, one of them was a Sharvin deck. I have not. I put it together. I'm not playing it yet. I'm playing the Ziver deck, which is Zed and Siver. And that's going very well. It plays around, you know, run some elusive stuff or the elusive Uh, the one cost elusive burst spell um, and the double strike to try to get one over on your opponent. There's a lot of decks running that strategy. Yeah, along with a bit of uh, young witch to get over people. Uh, It's very aggressive. It's very fun. uh, And I'm kind of just riding that playing a lot more casually than usual because I still am playing a lot of Final Fantasy 14. (laughs) You monster. (laughs) I know, Uh, but I am playing a deck now. I'm in it. I'm in the meta. I'm learning. I'm getting (laughs) hatched before this episode. Listen to me get a game stolen from me. <laughs> I'm <I'll> sticking <laughs> to that story.
1: How many cards were spells in a creature <laughs> deck? Uh, and technically technically I'm the one not playing this week, but it's not because I haven't been playing Runterra. Um, it for people who've listened before you know that i love playing around in the labs and doing all the pve stuff that's been coming out and that the time of this recording we've got the new bilge water dungeon crawl uh in the lab and so the as far as that it's been a lot of fun just kind of playing around with it uh trying to get more of a feel for it to see if we're gonna talk about it a lot more later but Otherwise, I've been having fun. I've only got uh one victory through it right now, which was obviously misfortune, because uh, I have a problem. I'm <laughs> in I'm in the middle of a Tom Kinch playthrough right now, though. So I, I've been having a blast with that.
0: Yeah, I know you love you some some Kinch. Always in the background, trying to trying to make Un- him work in ways he's not supposed to. <laughs>
1: Unbench the Kinch. Yeah, that's the key thing. Is I I love Kinch. But I refuse to play Tom Kinch Soraka. It's like, (laughs) oh yeah, this makes way too much sense. That's not what I'm about. I
0: refuse to have my hand forced.
1: What? I've only built like four Tom Kinch Lux decks, all right? (laughs) (laughs) I, I know what I like, damn it.
0: So, Noxus fans, it's happening. We're back. Unfortunately.
1: Unfortunately, (laughs) nah, no, it it can't be. Unfortunately, when we're talking about, I'm doing the the, bit. I'm doing the bit. But it's the big man himself. I know. You can't do the bit with Draven.
0: (laughs) The topic of this episode: The World Reckoner Entertainment (laughs) Incorporated. You'll get the joke soon enough. And yes, once again, we're dating
1: ourselves. And yes, we're gonna have the T-shirt. We're gonna get the get the WRE, <laughs> so WRE, of, you know, make it look like the NWO shirts. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh man, if it's, listen, the pun fits so well. We'll get there, but first we always start with spells. Hedge, take us off. Take take us off.
1: All right. So if there is only like, I I would love to have fun with my picks here. And the problem is that with Draven, the nice little world they've built around him is just too big. (laughs) Like they, they have done a great job in Runeterra of building this wonderful uh, environment for Draven's story to come to life. Uh, So, you know, we got to keep it simple here when it gets too big, you keep it simple. So first up whirling death. Alright? You know this card. You love this card. If you don't play Noxus, you hate this card. <laughs> Alright? Whirling Death is three-mana fast spell. A battling ally strikes a battling enemy. Uh, it's I've talked about it before. One-sided strikes, always powerful. I don't care who you are. That's just a fact. Uh, the asymmetrical fight mechanic is always going to be good. So it's nice for an aggro List to have a decent form of removal, uh, and this one at the very least is limited by the fact that they have to be battling, so you're not going to be able to just kind of you know three mana kill something for free. Like, you've got to really figure out how the board's going to work out and try to get your opponent to play the way you want. So, it is fun and it has a little bit of interaction with it in that sense. Yeah.
0: This is this is a staple, obviously a legacy card and it it's a good uh, representation of uh, Riot's approach to balancing. To what Hedge said, it's a three-cost fast spell. Nothing broken there. The fact that you, they have to be battling—that's another stipulation that you know meters how strong this can be. And then also, it relies on the creature being alive, which means you have to be able to account for it being removed. So there's a lot of steps there that keep this card in check. And even through all those new those that checklist of things when you're checking a balance, uh, power, a power level. Uh, it's still viable and it has been viable since day one so this is just a really well-designed card in their ecosystem yep and you know i love it since i'm constantly trying to make
1: katarina work exactly. this card is wonderful to have for katarina uh, but I,
0: I would be remiss if i didn't give the uh the sound bite a try here one second
1: <clears throat> ooh, 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 give it a try
0: <clears throat> i have the best job oh my god how was it
1: <laughs> How was it? That, was, that was pretty good. Thank you. <laughs> pretty seven, pretty out good. 7 out of 10? 7 out of 10, yes. I, I can't top it. So let's just hop on to the next one. <laughs> all right? And the next one, again, we're keeping it simple. And we're going to talk about the first ship that was ever put in the game. And that is Draven's biggest fan. All right? <laughs> yeah. So all the other boats that came into the game, <laughs> like when we got to like the Rising Tides patch, eat your heart out. All right. Draven's biggest fan fetch. was there since the beginning. <laughs> All right. Uh, for if you don't know, Draven's biggest fan is a one mana two one. Uh, when I'm summoned, move Draven to the top of your deck. If you don't have him in hand or in play. And like, this is the very first example that we got period, because it is a legacy card of the fetch mechanic in Runeterra. And it is very nice to have to be able to just on turn one, especially if you're on the attack on turn one, get a two one in play, so potentially two damage to face, and make sure that you have Draven ready for that turn three drop, so that you can get those whirling axes on re- online right away. So this card is just good. It, it, every Draven deck runs this card. I uh, know swim. Is constantly running decks where it's not even a full set of Draven, but a full set of Draven's biggest fan because it's just a very good one drop that also consistently gets you Draven. So it this is the staple. But you know why on this show we're gonna talk about him. And I guess it's my turn now to go ahead and try to Yeah, go ahead, do it. So you want an autograph? in line
0: pal (laughs) listen he's so it's so great we'll we'll get to the story but the thing about draven is he's such a caricature inside a very serious story plot
1: a very serious story plot (laughs) and it's not even like his his parts of the story like aren't serious like he's like he he is in the thick of it. Yeah. And then this is the character that we get out of the thick. <laughs> like, it's, <Yeah. laughs> like it's Draven is just such a gift. Like yeah, it, it's
0: <laughs> it, it's very anime in the sense of when you have like a hunter x hunter and you have the goofy lovable character who's still very skilled and when the battle starts he goes eight mode. And yeah. then drops some one-liners here and there. And then after, when we're back in the city doing the filler episodes, he's goofing about and like overeating, and you know, that's, this yep. is Draven. I
1: and, and, and you you give that example with one of my favorite animes ever. Ah, this, this is why we have, this is why we have the show. It I know, has nothing to right? do. <laughs> I, I know what Hedge wants. Uh, <laughs> All right, and so as far as, like, this crazy and goofy character, like, it, what, what's the environment that this all takes place in? That's right. We get a landmark because this is taking place in the Nox Kraya arena. All right, and I will read this card in detail because no
0: one knows what it does. No one's played <laughs> this card. I all want right. it to be Nox Craya so you can be like, you know, that's Cray, the Cray arena. Like, it, it, marketing-wise, it's important. Oh, no. <laughs> but i understand that it's nox cryo and i'll, I'll consider Oh no no,
1: no 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 we're, we're, it's done it's established now so nox Craya arena is like, <laughs> you heard it here on the casuals for terra it's officially nox Craya arena and we will not be accepting questions um so nox Craya arena is a five mana landmark um And this is before we got the countdown stuff. So, this is one of the landmarks that just sticks on your board. And at round end, your strongest ally and the weakest enemy strike each other. Um, It is important to point out that this is not asymmetrical. This is the true magic, the gathering effect of fight. All right. uh, Your strongest guy enemy weakest guy are going to go up against each other. Um, and as far as the strongest, to weakest, it takes into account the uh, the attack power first. And then the ties after that are determined by HP and then determined by mana cost. Um, and the, this one is a weird card because it is at the round end and it's technically in that space between the passing over of turns. Uh, I I know a bit of how this card works because Confession Time, Hetch has tried to make this work a lot. Um, so since it is in between the space between giving up your turn to the enemy turn or vice versa, it is a thing where like regenerate doesn't take effect. So regenerate would trigger first and then this strike would happen, uh, and other effects that happen in between there would also take effect too. So if you are running Ionia and you have the Eyes of the Dragon out, like if the dra- the little Dragon Spirit would be summoned, and then this would take place first. It, it's it's in a weird spot as far as when this actually triggers. Uh, I've tried to make this work in a very aggressive um, Vladimir lineup, and then just try to buff vladimir a lot kind of like a fiora deck and make vladimir be the one just to strike over and over again yeah but you you have to be really careful with it because like you don't get like the full benefits of the regenerate so there's sometimes if they uh if they drop something too big you lose your attack <laughs> because then it's like oh great i'm gonna lose vladimir off this attack because he only has like one health um it's it's a weird card i have desperately played around with it i will probably try to do it again because i have a problem yeah fight effects are
0: scary um in this form so for magic this would be considered like an enchantment style and usually in magic those have had a record of being broken all the time so i can tell why they went on the opposite end of that spectrum it was like hey we're gonna make this damn near unplayable if you want to play it then go ahead but there's so many effects like this now um, that you have more control over. That you know this is more for your casual players and stuff, and like your limited events, right?
1: Yep, uh, and which is why Hetch is still yep playing around <laughs> with this card. Um, now, uh, in the vein of what we've been doing, though, if uh, if it wasn't clear yet that we're making a lot of wrestling references, the flavor text on this card will make it clear because it is a <laughs> it is a direct quote from the arena battlecaster which is a Mm -hmm. card in the game, but uh, here goes. Hey there, Reckoner fans! Are you (laughs) ready for a night of scorching hot thrills in the ring of fire? Whoa, looks like Tiny Trick drew the short straw today. He's up against the mighty, fighty Granak the Great. Get those medics ringside. It's gonna be a quick one. That's so good. <laughs> yeah that that is that is what is on the card, and it has the music notes to go with it, so that you know. Where, where to put the
0: inflection <laughs> exactly dude i I love the flavor text in this game. Uh, man it's so perfect
1: yeah uh um, so fits if, every time yeah if it isn't clear yet like the the Knox Cray uh arena is Draven's <laughs> home away from home uh and so how did do, how does this become his home ryan how no, how did Draven uh, get here yeah it's
0: it's it's a doozy uh it's almost left field but it's written so well and we'll get there uh but we have to start off this episode by saying, Please listen to our Swain and Darius episode. There's so much allusion there to what we're talking about today because Draven's episode really fills in the blank. So, for example, um, when we did our uh, Shadow Isle stuff and then Viego finally came out, listen to our Viego episode. Viego filled in a lot of gaps of the rest of the stuff we talked about early on in our show's history right so for this you know we talked about Swain, we talked about darius and for you noxus fans unfortunately uh the noxus content is very scattered as new stuff has come out um (laughs) but it will give you a better place of oh now i know what was happening in between those two storylines as they because they all overlap right they're all involved yep so that's a disclaimer um
1: and again we do like we love these stories so we're gonna hit them it just Noxus happened to be in that poor spot where <laughs> we were getting all this stuff and it's like oh you know it, it's not like there's new characters for us to talk about that's outside of Noxus, anyways uh, um, <clears throat> announcement for Axion
0: episode at some point <laughs> <laughs> so like like uh darius his brother draven was also an orphan obviously they were orphan children on the streets of basilish And, you know, they were kind of scrounging by the standard orphan stuff you hear. You would think Draven would fit well into PZ, right? Um, And the kind of dynamic they had here is Draven was a little hothead. He would always start the fights, but he was kind of smaller. And Darius would always finish them for him. So a good big brother, right? Uh, Soon... In uh, Basilich's history, while they were children, it was taken by Noxus as Noxus is going on their campaigns, right? And after attempting to take the captain's life, so Captain Cyrus um, was the leader of this campaign. Uh, he sees, you know, some ambition in these young kids, and he's like, "All right, you know, you didn't successfully kill me, thankfully, uh, but how would you like to join our ranks, young boys?" Uh, and they take up that offer and they join essentially the military. So what we learn through this uh, you know this time in the military is as we talked about in Darius's episode he fits very well into that format. He's kind of like the garen of Noxus. Whereas Draven has the skills to be a soldier but not really the heart to be one, right? Yeah, it's not that, what he wants to do. It's just like he's capable. It's like those kids you see in sports where they're really good, they have that natural talent, they have the physical ability, but they really want to be like a scientist or <laughs> like a program, like something yeah. different, right?
1: Hey. Yeah, we want to be a scientist or a programmer. Uh, (laughs) More of a call-out to, like, our our Gnosis and Renekton episodes. Like Renekton, he didn't have the discipline, all right? Like, he... Renekton just wanted to kill people. Draven just wants to kind of chill. I'm not into this whole, you know, militaristic nation idea of just, like, one for all and all for one. I like no nah, i can fight but i'd <laughs> i'd rather have fun with the fights exactly
0: exactly that's, that's a good point that's a good good uh comparison and what we tend to get is he just gets bored he wants this, this concept of glory is one that's pushed very forward um in his in his story is he wants to be you know showered with stuff and showered with praise for what he does And in, in war especially under Borm dark will you're not going to get that right it's just like hey do my bidding for my crazy uh, plans that will never come to fruition
1: do my bidding so i may become
0: immortal <laughs> exactly <laughs> so his first attempt is like okay how can i have more fun i will fight under my brother so he joins his brother's command and that doesn't make it easier it makes it harder um, because he puts a lot of pressure on draven uh, and his brother has something to prove so that didn't uh, solve the problem for his glory that he wanted so he's like okay, I'm going to leave. Leaves his brother's uh command and it's not really specified if it was his choice or Darius's choice. Um but it does happen and when he leaves all the contracts start coming in, right? It's like a player leaving, you know, a popular NFL team. Everybody's trying to put an offer on the table it's like, "Hey, join our war band. You'll you'll get the respect you get here, whatever whatever." And he's like, "Ah, none of this kind of fits." And what he ends up finding as a good fit is A contract, a very lucrative one, in the Reckoning Pits. So, the Reckoning Pits, for comparison, is basically a gladiator combat arena, right? As we know it from the Roman times. Yeah, It's, it's entertainment.
1: And as we learned, thanks to the Rune Terra game, uh, these pits, the Reckoner Pits were not necessarily called the Reckoner Pits, but uh, days of old before the Reckoner events,
0: it was known as the Nox
1: Crea Arena. Hey,
0: the callback. <laughs> <laughs> and what this was used for was for criminals who were pu- being punished, right? So capital punishment, um, houses having duels. Uh, and then you know some stars would pop out of there, and Draven did become a star. Uh, he finally started getting that that level of recognition he wanted in this arena. But this was occurring during these long campaigns that were going on under Borom Darkwell's rule. So I don't know if you know this, but when a country is at war constantly, there's not much room for entertainment and leisure, right? So you start to have this you know long drawn out situation of You know, there weren't big crowds. Citizens weren't really interested in seeing this entertainment at the moment, and it slumped. And this kind of put Draven in a slump as well. Um, He was broke, he was drunk, and he was tired all the time. And it was the perfect time for Swain to swoop in. I did it, yeah, I did it, I said it. This guy,
1: (laughs) I'm done, I'm out.
0: <laughs> Listen every day we tackle with heart we we come to, to you know face hard decisions and we have to make them and i had to No make
1: one. no every day we stray further from god <laughs> <laughs>
0: So Swain shows up and he's like hey Draven what up you want a job <laughs> And what this <laughs> turns into is, you know, Draven becomes Swain's sort of right-hand man and plays a big part in the coup against Borum Darkwell. So, you know, those who didn't really take – so what, what we shift into is these pits, which were used for a form of, like, brutal entertainment, now shifted into a place of, you know, punishment to those who didn't subscribe to this New World Order um, call back to what Hetch mentioned. Uh, and, you know, you were sentenced to the pits. And in the pits, you were fighting Draven, which pretty much was a death sentence at that point. So he became what was a glorified executioner um, in the form of entertainment and earn, earned the name that we've seen, which is the glorious executioner.
1: Yeah, the, and, and it's one thing as far as like... To say that it's like Draven gets out of this slump, out of this rut because he becomes an executioner. Mm-hmm. That's, yes, it is technically like that, and it's super grim and everything. And it's not so much a death sentence because you're, you know, up against Draven, which is true. His mar- martial prowess is far above many in Noxus. Draven's going to have fun with it, and that's why <laughs> Draven has a smile on his face. It's not because, yeah, I get to kill people. No, it is the wash of the crowd. He's cheering. a showman. He wants to see the poster boards that su- should say Stone Cold Steve Austin 316. <laughs> you hear the glass shatter? Yeah. like <laughs> he, he, he comes in <laughs> with the jean <gene> cut Yeah. <laughs> He's got he's got like um he's got some imported brews from uh, <laughs> yeah. f- from Frailyard some Graggy ice <laughs> that he opens by banging on his head chugs him <laughs> in front of the crowd uh, but it's the show yeah. like Draven's excited for the show it is not about the killing exactly um, but even though it's not uh, technically about the killing for him there is killing and we get some of that in detail with this
0: story yes (laughs) yes we do um do you want to talk about the glorious executioner moment uh let's do it how how citizens react to this brutalness all right
1: so so the specifically what happens after swain kind of comes in to revive the the nox arena um is Draven at this point is the executioner, but the the executioner within the arena was more of a ceremonial position. So it you know you're the top dog, so the top dog doesn't get their de- their hands dirty. So the a condemned man is put into the arena, and you know you're put into the arena. You fight for the entertainment of the people, but ultimately you die. This guy escapes from his handlers. So it says he's escaped from his handlers. More likely than not, this guy probably was able to kill one of them because it's still a fight, like even though it is a controlled thing, that idea of like the strongest against the weakest. Uh, So he escapes. So what Draven does, he is in his balcony. Think like your Roman uh, Colosseum setup. He's in his, you know, his penthouse seat. He jumps from his balcony seating, and while jumping away, he hurls his axes at this fleeing man and cuts him down in a heartbeat. And then you know lands on the gladiatorial ground. You know, blood, blood soaked floor. And it's the top dog is down here with all the other dogs, kills him, and then. There's a stunned silence because it is this that's not what the executioner does. You it is a ceremonial position, you're just there overseeing. But all of a sudden, this guy is just like midair, 360 no scopes, this poor prisoner. (laughs) And now he's like on the ground in superhero pose, like, Yeah. yeah. And so, there's just silence. And then the eruption from the crowd. Yeah. And that is when Draven goes to this corpse, pulls his axes out of them, and then starts doing his spinning in the air, like what we see in the League of Legends uh, emotes and all the animations. All the flare comes out, and Draven's like, yeah, what's <laughs> up? It's not Draven, it's Draven. And that is how... That is how we get the Executioner becoming the glorious Executioner. Exactly. And the, the Legend of Draven is truly born at this point.
0: Yep. And after this point is when we have the big shift in culture because he's soon approached by a promoter by the name of Vince McMahon. Um <laughs> With a plan to start the World Wrestling Entertainment Incorporated, <laughs> known as the WWE. This is all canon folks in real life. This yeah, is how it started. And,
1: and the only thing in their way was Jericho Ric Flair Swain. <laughs> we've, we've, we've aged ourselves way too much on this I know, episode. right?
0: Um, uh, so all yeah, all wrestling jokes aside, it's essentially that process where a promoter does approach him. And the promoter's intent is like, hey, these people, they're called reckoners, that we're training to fight in these arenas for these people's entertainment. I'm tired of them dying. It's not a good investment. So what if instead we took the approach of like a wrestling federation where you have people that train – They're given the, you know, the space to be lethal or not lethal, but the space to be violent and do some cool things to entertain the crowd. You give them backstories. They get flashy appearances. They get like background music um, entrances and they have backstories and all that. Uh, But the goal is not to kill each other so that we can keep the storylines going. And Draven's like, sure. Why not? And fans love it. Fans end up taking very well to this shift um, in the the state of what these pits used to be used for. Uh, and Draven thrives in that environment. And he finally gets to return to those glory days, right, of when he was somewhere near the peak of getting that recognition. And it's finally the thing he was looking for. and It, it, it kind of permeates throughout his life. And to Hetch's point earlier, this is some brutal stuff, right? We're talking about death. We're talking about violence. We're talking about coups. Um, but this moment does fix his life like it gets him out from being a drunkard he fixes his relationship with his brother Um, he even goes on some campaigns to help you know as they shift from under Borom Dark Rules rule to different types of campaigns he's participating in those and you know a lot of these uh, these conquerings are less decided by the destruction of whole villages and more on one on one bouts with leadership and stuff like that so I know it's like an asterisk on it, but there's some good to come out of all
1: this. Yes. Yeah. It it definitely <laughs> yeah. is an asterisk. And I mean, and they, I love that Riot did like continue with this part of the story when we get to Runeterra as well. Because like, if we were doing the show before Runeterra came out, it, his story would kind of end there. We wouldn't be able to have like his as much of the laughs as we do comparing Mm -hmm. it to like the wwe it because we didn't have that back in the day and then room Terra, they just they ran with it yeah that's when we get you know draven's biggest fan Mm -hmm. we get the battle caster and then we also have like um shiraza the blade and kato the arm yep and the crowd favorite you know these these guys that are like their stories and this, their personas are bigger than like their actual fighting ability. Yeah. It, and like that, that is just so cool that they kind of went back to just a nice little tip of the hat to this, this part of Draven's story. Cause otherwise it would just kind of be like, Oh yeah. Draven was involved in a coup. And then <laughs> yeah. like now has a cushy job sitting in the arenas, watching people die. Yeah. And, and like, that's kind of like, that's, horrifically morbid <laughs> like it's like horrifically morbid but yeah. now instead you know now he's just the leader of the federation sometimes he hops in the ring uh you know punches out guys that are you know look like they're in better shape than he is all the while everyone knows if he wanted to he could just kill yeah. them all
0: <laughs> yeah and this this kind of they leave us off on the the moment of hey you know what Draven Thought he was satisfied with that starting to waver and he started to become restless again. He wants more. He wants the world to know his name and that could open up to a space of bringing in some outside combatants, right? Like people who aren't from Noxus that are involved in this arena because throughout other regions, there is no other region that has anything like this, right? Like this arena. Yeah, the, So, as the Noxen closest
1: in, is Freljord. Exactly. And with Freljord, it's not an arena. Oh, no. It, it, the Freljord literally just has a hole in the ground. And yeah. They, you know, it's just like, all right, Trindamir's in there and he's pissed.
0: <laughs> There's nothing entertaining about that. <laughs> nothing entertaining. <laughs> so let's get to the card. I know we took a while to get here. This card... I mean, swim did a tier list a while ago that we talked about and it was ranked up there at the top because it's just a solid, good card. It's very flexible and they don't ever have to touch it. Right. They nailed it with this card. So Draven is a three cost on his first side. He's a three cost three, three with quick attack. And he has when I'm summoned or strike, create a spinning axe in hand. Um, And then he levels up when he's struck with two total spinning axes. Uh, So what is spinning axe talk about that real quick. It's a zero cost burst spell that has to play discard one and then give an ally plus one plus zero this round. So this card is very balanced. It has the benefit of giving you something to discard or something you can discard or use to discard other things to trigger effects. So it's very flexible there. The three cost three three is perfect for damn near any deck. The quick attack is always good because you want this in more aggressive decks anyways, So him being on the tack, you're never really going to block with a Draven. And even if you do block with a Draven, you get a spinning axe out of it. Uh, This card has always been a staple and I think will continue to is probably the basis for a lot of their future designs, which is why it always fits so well.
1: Yeah. And and the fact that it's the spinning axe creation is what makes it so flexible because that we got to see when the Rising Tides came out that a lot of people weren't considering how flexible this card was because it is statted out in such an aggressive manner that it wasn't until people started playing around with um, more Twisted Fate decks that other people said, hang on a second, instead of Twisted Fate to trigger all these Ezreal effects, what if we just use Spinning Axes? and that was that was the true birth of the ezreal Dra- draven deck and you will still see it today because it's just good it is just a good way to play uh, the rune terra as far as how reaction based the game is and that zero mana burst speed spell is always going to be useful uh, but he it's not like Draven's not scary after he flips. Oh. <laughs> and that flip is just, you know, the plus one, plus one, yeah. the quick attack and overwhelm. Yep. And now he creates two spinning axes instead of one when he strikes or when he's played. Uh, and already, just if you were a, if you have the discard fodder to put both spinning axes, that's six overwhelm. Or, worst case scenario, you just are discarding these axes you're making, and he's still a five Overwhelm. And we've seen with how many new cards they've put in the game that help buff attack. Draven can be scary. You can't ignore Draven, even though he can fit in so many decks and just be a support to what that deck wants to do. Draven can do what he wants to do, too. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah, he's dangerous and he's also a great engine. So um obviously the flavor here we've talked about to death is the two, you know, one spinning axe to start with, two spinning axes when he flips. Like, come on, we get it, right? Um, there's even a quote uh on the spinning axe which says oh, so it's from good. A, yeah, it's from an arena regular. So an attend like somebody attending the arena, and he says, Yeah, his brothered win one-on-one, but you see those axes spiraling, it's art. It is art art <laughs> It's like and, you're talking to someone who really and, loves music.
1: <laughs> it's like talking to a tool fan. Like <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's actually really good <laughs> oh God.
1: Uh, but and you know you know the guy that they're quoting on the spinning axe like he he's got a, he's holding a poster board, Draven 316 <laughs> yeah <laughs> like he, he's holding that poster board he knows what he's about, so oh
0: goodness the, you you know one thing you're a fan of is this part of the episode. Where oh. we usually have a question and or challenge for Hedge. <laughs> for this one, I think you guys can pretty much guess where we're going with this. Okay, so what would be your Reckoner name, Weapon Style, and Backstory? Um, <laughs> so I, I'll go first, as always, as the gracious host uh, for the question. And <laughs> so mine, I, I don't know if we've mentioned this on the show, my nickname since middle school has been Beefy Darkness. Oh no. So it's only natural that I bring that into the wrestling world. (laughs) So beefy darkness is my name. My weapons are elaborate fist weapons uh, because I love playing monks. It's just my thing. And my backstory is the simple one. A man raised by bears with a short fuse and a penchant for violence. So I think it all fits, and I'll give you a little bit of time here, Hedge. You know, think, think on it. Because oh it's no, no, I, I don't think...
1: need too much time.
0: Oh no, I don't He's need always too much ready. time.
1: <laughs> all right, my my brain works really quick. The problem that I because what I needed the time on was just like, what would my name be? I got my weapon and backstory.
0: Eddie Guerrero, two here it comes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh no! All right, so yeah so my name my name i think i think i like you would kind of uh like part of me wants to try to harken back to like you know like high school nicknames and Mm -hmm. stuff like that but they they're a little too clowny yeah you know like i don't want to be like that villain that just shows up only in the early fights and literally never wins gold i I want i want to be that villain (laughs) you kind of like I want to be the villain that you kind of cheer for, right? Like that you kind of like, man, I know he's the bad guy, but I like him. So the name... The name i'm not too sure on i know the backstory though the backstory story is my weapon yeah my weapon is going to be is going to be a baseball shaped club okay. or, or like the a baseball bat shaped club yeah it's gonna look a little more violent than a normal baseball bat <laughs> and the backstory, <laughs> the backstory is that i grew up playing baseball and i would have gone pro but you know i joined i volunteered into the ranks of the legions and i took an arrow to the knee <laughs> and now i take out my aggression on my lost baseball career in the Knox Craer arena <laughs> and instead of hitting home runs i hit convicts <laughs> all right and so, you know, it's you know, the, you know, an ex veteran but with a penchant for violence, so you yeah. can't truly cheer for him. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm like that. And I think I think what I'm gonna go with, okay. you know, pay a little homage to like my family, my clan, yeah, and I'll be and I will be Papucho, the slugger.
0: <laughs> I like it. I like it. And I feel like you gotta really like when you bring the Spanish in during your like monologues right obviously you're coming out to your music you uh, really gotta lay the Spanish on thick like it has oh, yeah. to be like caricature levels oh no I'm
1: gonna like mimic my grandfather's accent every time I'm in the <laughs> ring all right <laughs> Like I I I'm gonna I'm gonna have like a nice little following of ex fans yeah. that went to like get an autograph from me and like they so they sneak up on me to like get an autograph and they hear me just talking with a coworker and I'm talking like you know like perfect English. <laughs> it's like oh, the accent, it was fake <laughs> what, what else are, is fake? My immersion <laughs> My immersion <laughs> and, uh, turn around Oh I, I'm so sorry I didn't see you there <laughs> mm, mm, Hi my little friend you come for the Aldegraf de Papucho <laughs> so
0: And with that <laughs> As always Thanks for having Fun with us and listening uh, And as always we'll be back soon With the next episode <laughs>
1: Take care everybody <laughs>